0: to Between the Soup, the show where friends become closer friends, and the show where I talk to people about their ideas and expertise so that way you can learn from their unique experiences. I'm your host Gilbert and today we are joined by Jenny Lunding. Uh, Jenny is a graduate of the University of Arizona with a master's degree in library and information science and currently works as a librarian for the Scottsdale Public Library. Um, in this episode, I will be primarily asking Jenny about her experience working as a librarian, what libraries have to offer, and how people can benefit from those services. Um that's it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I am uh, really, really happy that you that you wanted to to come over and do this. Um, I'm very excited. So welcome to Between the Soup.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, but you, I also completely cut you off about um, what you were saying, and I don't remember what it was.
1: <laughs> Imposter syndrome. Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So when you know you asked me to do this and talk about my job and what I do. I just was, I mean, obviously nervous because I'm not a good public speaker. Mm. You know, I was the kid. Public. Yeah, yeah, public. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I was the kid in high school that when I had to do presentation would just be like beet red, lobster like red, just awful. Um, So that was a hesitation. But the other thing, too, is I'm just so new to this job. Like, I'm only really really just... Well, I've been working in libraries for almost five years, but I've been a librarian. I mean, okay, but I've been a librarian for only like a year, a year and a half. Okay. Um, And there's just like, it's a very complicated field, and talking about just what's going on in libraries, especially right now with how like politicized the things have been, I just was worried I wouldn't be able to talk about it clearly. Okay. Um, so, and then, you know, I was talking to Nicole and she's like, "You know, you can like, you just do it. <laughs> like, you know, you're passionate about your, what you do. You're passionate about libraries. So, so yeah, so I feel a bit better about it.
0: Yeah. I think that's an important like thing to identify in terms of like, I'm thinking of it like as it relates to my life in terms of like. Uh, like, perfectionism and, um, eat, like, things for, like, starting the podcast in general. I think one of the the bigger, like, deterrents for me starting sooner was that, like, uh, and I hear this from other people, too, who, like, want to do, like, a podcast or want to start, like, a new sort of, like, creative project is that they're, like, um, I, like, I don't want to start until I know everything that there is to know about blah, 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 or I don't want to start until, Um, I'm like, you know, I, I know the ins and outs of like a software or the gear that I'm doing or anything like that. Um, so I think, I think it is like cool that you're, um, even though you feel like you're, you're new to the field, um, that you're sort of challenging that belief of like, oh, I'm not ready yet and Mm -hmm. doing it anyway. But I also think that like by you being, um, I guess newer as a librarian, um, that, you know, that grants like a, a, a sort of fresh perspective on the thing um because it's like a it's like a snapshot of like this point of your career where it's like at the beginning here are your impressions and here's how you you think of it whereas like you know 5 years down the line um I could ask you the same stuff and that perspective would probably change um but I think overall too it's probably going to be different depending on who you ask yeah it's true um so but that's that's uh Yeah. I think that's interesting. I I do have like, um, you know, library related questions for you too, but like past, uh, 10 years of your life, if you could condense it, (laughs) where where were you born? born? (laughs) Well,
1: I was the same. So I was born here, born and raised. My parents were born and raised here too. So I'm like a rare second generation Phoenician, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, okay. So 10 years, uh, well, at that point, I would have been working retail. So I was working at a company called Tivana, mm-hmm. and that's how I met my best friend Nicole, who is how I know you, so she's Nicole. My best friend. Yeah, she's okay. She's my best friend. I've known her longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, fair. no, she's amazing, and I love her. Um. So yeah, so that was retail, and it was it was fine. It's like really the people you work with is what. You know, makes or breaks a job. Totally. And that was when I was attending ASU for my undergrad, Mm -hmm. and I changed my degree. I want to say like four or five times. So I started out as a creative writing um, degree. I did that for about a semester, and then I realized I hated it. So I switched to English literature, and I did. I did enjoy it, but there just wasn't like a career from that, Mm -hmm. you know, unless I wanted to become a professor, which I don't know. Um, so then I switched to journalism and did the downtown ASU, downtown Phoenix campus, Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Um, and I did that for maybe a year. <laughs> and then I switched it to mass communications and media studies. And that's what I ended up graduating with, with a concentration on marketing. So you doing marketing now was really interesting to me because that I've always found fascinating. Um,
0: what, what parts of it?
1: I mean, honestly, like I think the psychology side of things, which is Mm -hmm. why I feel like your degree in psychology and then going into like data analytics, like seeing what works with people and what people are drawn to. I just think that's it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I mean, my idea was that I would go into social media marketing Mm -hmm. because I hate social media. I truly do. But I've always found it so fascinating and just interesting. And I thought it'd be kind of a fun job to do. Um, and I did start doing that. I actually work for my aunt who is in real estate and Mm -hmm. I've been doing that since like 2018. I do all of her social media stuff for the listings and all that kind of thing. It's yeah, it's fun. I recently got into making reels. So I'm like... Slowly getting into the like modern age, I hate it so much. I prefer photos. Mm-hmm. I've always been a photography person. I Just yeah, love photos.
0: I have notes on that too.
1: Oh, cool, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I finished my degree in that, and I was like looking for jobs, you know, as you do after you graduate. Because I quit Diwana because I was like, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And I think I was on like Indeed or something, and I saw a position for a library assistant, I want to say, at Phoenix Public Library. And it was just a gut reaction. I was just like, oh my gosh, that feels right, mm-hmm. you know? And just kind of totally. like a duh, you know? And just to rewind, so um, back in high school. So uh, I went to Horizon High School, graduated in 2011. Uh, at the very beginning of high school, I was 14 and i started getting really sick and we didn't know what was going on you know went to the doctors blood work whatever and it turned out i had uh what's called hyperthyroidism so my thyroid was overactive reducing mm-hmm. too much hormone which literally this little thing in your neck like controls everything mm-hmm. sucks
0: i had a actually the last episode that i i published um i was talking to a friend who's in real estate and she had thyroid cancer oh. and so she was talking about the same thing it's like it controls everything in your body
1: literally and it's shaped like a butterfly so I have like a love hate with butterflies (laughs) (laughs) how dare you um so yeah so I was dealing with that and I was really really sick I want to say my sophomore year I missed so much school like I don't know how they let me pass that year truly I was out of like all the time um and the medication that you're supposed to take for it wasn't working for me so it wasn't getting better and it messes with like your blood pressure everything um messes with like like food and eating, all that stuff. So they, um, basically said, well, what you have to do is, um, it's called thyroid ablation and it's where they take MRI imaging of your thyroid and they craft a radioactive iodine pill specific for you to kill your thyroid, <laughs> literally kill it. So, and I was, uh, 15 at this point. Um, and i remember going in that day when they had the pill for me and i had to go in this like special room and they were just like are you sure and i'm like i'm 15 i'm like i was told to do this you know like yeah. yeah i have to right um so i did that and i was actually considered radioactive for 2 weeks so i had to be like quarantined oh my god in my room yep and i just played video games the whole time and read books but um yeah so then um, I still wasn't doing great, so I actually ended up taking my junior year off and did online school, um, which was good. I mean, I'm glad I did it. And But during that time, like, a lot of mental health stuff came up. So I was dealing with a lot of anxiety, super bad depression. Um, and so that's really when, like, my love of reading really started because mm-hmm. it was a way to escape, you know, all yeah. the stuff I was dealing with and going through. Um, and my mom, I love her so much, she basically it was like hey like have you thought maybe we could have you like talk to somebody about what you're going through you know cuz i wouldn't i was like not leaving the house i was just home all the time you know mm-hmm. so i started seeing a therapist and a few months in she was like hey like what if you volunteer at your library you know that'd be a good way to get out of the house you love reading obviously you love books it'd be a really cool thing to do so I did, and I was so socially awkward. I didn't talk to anybody, but I would go. I would sign in. I would shelve books, whatever, you know, and it was great, and I loved it, and it was just so fun to be in that environment. And then I think I just kind of forgot about it, <laughs> you know. Like, I still love libraries. I used libraries. I went to libraries, but I just forgot about it until, you know, I saw that job posting, and I felt that, like, gut Excitement. feeling. yeah. And, yeah, at this point, it's just like, duh, of course, like <laughs> – this makes so much sense. Um so yeah, so I applied for jobs for about a year. I didn't get any interviews, no callbacks. I was applying everywhere for every position. And then finally I got an interview and I got the job and I've been there ever since. I nice. just moved up. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's a that's a pretty hard-hitting story. I know. I know <laughs> I told you. I was
1: like, "Oh, my high school experience was a little different." Um, yeah, I it think, was rough.
0: I think that, uh, so I wrote down, a uh, my question about like all, all of your major switches, um, mm-hmm. involved, involved like something writing or literature related. Um, yeah. and so my question was like, you know, why? I think that's a pretty, pretty strong reason why.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, that's also when I was writing too, it was mm-hmm. like starting when I was like 16, of course, like just the most mopey, dark, you know, things, <laughs> but I, I was writing all the time.
0: So it was like. Um, like creative fictional stuff that you're writing versus mm-hmm. like like journaling about whatever, like yeah. what you were going through.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's interesting because now, I mean, I really haven't been writing creatively recently, but in the last six months, I've been doing a lot more like creative nonfiction. So kind of mm-hmm. writing about my life, but in a, like a fictional way.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So
1: okay. It's kind of a way to look at things outside of it and mm-hmm. even like change it you know like oh i made that decision it was the worst decision ever and you can just like make the character do something different <laughs> that is,
0: that's kind of cool that, i feel but that feels like pretty cathartic yeah
1: oh for sure <laughs> yeah i mean it's kind of like journaling in a way but just with like a twist on it yeah yeah
0: i think you know yeah whatever whatever works um mm-hmm. i had a question about that it completely slipped my mind oh fuck <laughs> I hate See, that. like stuff like this happens oh all for the time. sure
1: oh this is me every day after three o'clock like after three <laughs> o'clock i literally lose my train of thought every sentence and they know everyone i work with they're like oh we get it yeah <laughs> it's after three well, I mean, after,
0: yeah it's like you've expended all of your like your your brain power oh um, yeah
1: well especially being an introvert which like the library field um and i didn't know but like it's it draws <laughs> the introverts we go to that field we <laughs> love right. yes we're the introverts that have our nose in the book and don't talk to people or go out and do things. (laughs) I
0: think, I think there was another comment that uh, I was going to say too, like the way that you're describing how you were, um, even the way that like Nicole described you before we met, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the same thing, like, yeah, she's super introverted, like doesn't really go out, um, that kind of stuff, but like meeting you, it's like what? This doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't seem like the same person that we're talking about.
1: Well, so yeah, I've been working on it. Um, you did I've a been, great job. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Going to Nicole's birthday party was a, uh, was big for me, but you and Kristen were so sweet. It was, yeah, really, really great. great. Um, really helped me feel comfortable. But um, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been in therapy for the past three years um, and she's been amazing. Uh, yeah. And I'm just kind of working on making my world bigger is kind of the way we phrase it. Like I'm happy like staying home and being a homebody, but like I think I need that extra thing, you know, going on a mm-hmm. trip or going out and doing something. And it's very draining for me as an introvert. I definitely like I can't be somebody that goes out well every weekend. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't I don't think I ever will be. Same, yeah. But um but I've been working on it and it's been making me really happy. I think like challenging yourself with things is the only way to be happy and to grow.
0: Okay. So yeah, I guess. So now that you're working in the library system and you have moved from, you said, being an assistant to now being a full on librarian, mm-hmm. um, what do you do on a day to day? Actually, no, before that, what were kind of like the steps that you took to get there? Uh, so it seemed like your your master's degree was like a necessary part of yes. that. Um, yeah. And it also seemed like that was kind of a big obstacle, too.
1: For sure. Yeah. So. It's a requirement basically across the field that if you want to be a librarian, you have to have a master's degree in library and information science. Um, Some library systems are more lenient with it. If you have a master's degree in something kind of similar, even if it's like English or teaching or something like that, that they would accept that in lieu of the um, MLIS. But yeah, so when I realized that I wanted to do this, um, I started applying for... Jobs, and then I started looking into grad school because I knew I had to do it, and I didn't think that I would. I mean, it took me, I want to say, six years to get my undergrad degree, mm-hmm. um, and I really didn't think I would go back, <laughs> um, but I did. Um, so I ended up doing U of A online, um, and that took me about three years. But I was a semester in when COVID hit, and you know, everyone went through something then mm-hmm. you know and le- life was stressful and like my job like people were getting fired left and right you know it's government you know and libraries are unfortunately on the bottom of the totem pole when it mm-hmm. comes to government we're the most expendable so yeah so people were getting you know I shouldn't say fired I forget what the, what furloughed so they used some, no it wasn't even that it was some word just to make it sound like better than what it was oh, like <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. you know yeah. <laughs> um so and I actually ended up getting deployed. I was sent to a different branch. So I was working at um, the branch that's the Mustang branch off Ninetieth Street in Shea. I was there for a year and a half, um, and I wasn't given a not. It was you. You have to go there. You're working there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like oh, just for a little bit, and then a year and a half went by. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah. So I was doing that while I was working and I was working part-time. It's really hard to get full-time positions in libraries. It's very difficult, Um, or at least in my library system. Um, And it was really difficult, but it was really cool because I was learning things that I could just apply right away Mm -hmm. into my job. And I was also learning things on my job that I could apply into grad school and I could write papers about And I, as much as I hate papers, I love research, you know, so I love the research part of things. And, um, doing grad school made me fall in love with a different aspect of the, um, library world or the library and information world, Mm -hmm. which is archives. Um, so more of that, like record keeping and preserving history. Um, and so I really fell in love with that. I actually took a class called media archaeology which just the name itself sounds so cool. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, so it was essentially, it was more um, f- photos and film. And you would look at photos, look at film, and kind of try to extract information from them to determine like maybe where and when the photo was taken or the video was taken to get mm. more of that history behind it. And it was really cool. And I was actually able to work with um, film reels that were my grandfather's. Um, and I got them digitized and they were of a family trip and my mom is like three years old and like, you know, so cool. So cool. So cool. So I, and it makes sense because I've always loved vintage things and antique things. I just, I've always loved it. So I ended up getting, um, my certificate in archive studies as well. Um, so that's another thing that I just love about the library world. Um, and that made it to where it took me a bit longer to finish. So that's why it took me three years. Um, but yeah, so I graduated May of last year and I got the librarian job December of last year. Um, which was just crazy. Just like right away kinda get in. Mm-hmm. Um actually sorry, no, I, I was f- gonna say
0: December of twenty
1: twenty two? No, December of twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah. Um and I graduated actually I'm totally wrong. So I got the job before I actually finished school. I totally one over that yeah which was like a big thing they kind of had to make an exception for me but I interviewed for it and I got it and I didn't end up graduating until May after I got the job mm-hmm. um so that was cool <laughs> yeah that's super cool
0: so it was just like okay your your continued employment is contingent on yep. graduating mm-hmm. okay
1: yeah I was like I had like a hold on the position essentially yeah. until I and then once I graduated I had to give them proof that I did um But yeah, so that was really cool to be like, hey, I've already gotten, I've already made, I've done the goal. Mm -hmm. I haven't even finished school yet, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah.
0: Was that tough in terms of like motivation for like finishing or was it like, oh no, I like even like more of like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would say it was just more incentive to okay, yeah. to finish and get it done with. Gotcha. Um, and I was really dumb, and I waited till the end to do all the required classes. I just mm. did all the fun stuff first.
0: Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> it was really exciting. I mean, I was taking classes that were like reader's advisory classes for children's books, and I got to read children's books the whole class. Mm-hmm. Isn't that
0: so – I think that's so dumb for – Like I feel like all of college should be like that. You should take you should be able to take the classes that you that you want Mm -hmm. and have that incorporated somehow into Yeah. Into into graduating versus like, oh, I have to take world history. Yeah. This math
1: class or this astronomy class. Yeah.
0: I have to take physics for something that I'm not interested in. Exactly. I think I guess to play devil's advocate, I suppose that goes into like the whole idea of like higher education. So Mm -hmm. like you are being more well rounded or Informed uh, about, I guess the world, yeah, um, in some way. But I, yeah, I think it would just be better if you, yeah, you're 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 paying a shit ton of money to (laughs) learn about this one specific thing. Why Mm not learn the stuff that you want to learn about?
1: Yeah, well, that's what's cool about grad school, though, is like even though there are required classes, it's all within what I'm studying and what I want to learn about. So that's cool, and that's what was like, like made it worth doing.
0: That's super cool. So what? or what did you learn in graduate school um, that was pertinent to your job? Like I, uh, like you saying that, okay, I have a MLIS. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that entails in this list. Right.
1: right, yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's see. I should have brought my uh... – my academic record. Look at all the <laughs> classes I took. I don't know, but I mean, there was like there were cataloging classes, so you would learn about cataloging books because that's a big part of libraries. So mm. they either use the Dewey Decimal Classification, um, which is like six forty one point five as cookbooks, and then you know like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, or the Library of Congress Classification, which is usually more in academic libraries. And I learned it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it because I work with the Dewey Decimal system mm-hmm. at my job. Um, And did like my own cataloging and then there's something called mark records and that's all the metadata that is within each record of each item So we know exactly like what this item is like where it came from that and also just yeah the page length all that, you know information Um, so I learned that Um, and I will say For anyone that like wants to do grad school to go into library world. I would get a job in a library first because it's very different. Like you're not learning really what that day to day entails, because mm-hmm. it's just very different. You're learning more of that, like abstract, you know, like the history of the field and all that. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, like I said, just fun classes. Um, I took a um, well, the the literature one, the children's literature was really fun, and I took some media studies classes that were specific to like the information landscape, because that again was my kind of draw in undergrad. So mm. I continue that into my grad school and I did um a whole paper on bookstagram okay. <laughs> which was nice. really fun yeah and like I kind of wish that I was still in school to talk about book talk because mm-hmm. that is so fascinating to me like mm-hmm. how much that has blown up reading and like changed
0: oh book book talk t-o-c-t-o-k yeah TikTok. okay yeah, yeah. Book TikTok. I was thinking book talk like Oh, talking. talking about books. Yeah. I was like, I yeah. don't know what that is. Okay. No. I see. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Like TikTok. Book TikTok.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. that really started in like COVID, like during the pandemic. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. So then, uh, so my original question was what, what is your day to day as oh, yeah. as a librarian? Mm-hmm. Like what, what gets it, what gets the juices flowing for, for
1: Jenny? <laughs> okay. So well, one of the things I love about the job is that every day is different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Every day is different. And there's two aspects to the job. So there's the public-facing aspect where it's customer service, and I'm out at the information desk, and I'm sitting there, and people come up to me for questions, sign them up for library cards, help them find books, etc. So there's that side of things. And then there is the behind-the-scenes stuff where I'm at my desk, and I am planning out programs. So we have to do library programming. Um, every month we have programs, and we have to kind of come up with the ideas of what to do. Like um, my favorite one that we do is a book club that we have every month, but we'll do, we'll have people come in and talk about history of the area. We'll have people come in and talk about, I have a Medicare contact comes in and talks about Medicare, which is well attended because our clientele is skewed towards that age. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that. Um, We do craft programs too, which are fun. People love those. Uh, So there's that. There's also the collection management side of things. So our collection of items on our shelves, we have to constantly be looking at them um, in the sense that we can't shelve every single book or every single you know DVD or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't have the space. So we have to look at what is circulating or checking out, um, what isn't. And also, is the information in the books outdated and to the point where it could be dangerous? If it's mm-hmm. like a health book or a business book or like an investment Interesting. book. Interesting. Things like that. Um, as well as the condition. So books that are considered, you know, gross, we call them grubbies. So is the book grubby? <laughs> Does it have water, liquid damage on the pages? Are pages torn? Is the binding falling apart? I mean, these books have checked out like 75 times. You know, mm-hmm. they're not gonna last that long. So there's all those things to think about, as well as the purchasing side of the collection. So I do the um, purchasing for the DVDs. I do all the movies, um, which is fun. I'm on like Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, looking at movies what's good what's what everyone's talking about um so there's that side of things too i also work on the marketing team so again like the thing i've always loved i do um for them on their facebook page mostly sometimes instagram uh creative posts like i posted one the other day of a roadrunner that ran through our drive-thru <laughs> <laughs> and that, like people loved it they eat that stuff up you know yeah um so we're kind of limited in a sense, which sucks. Um, and the other thing is I really want us to start doing more reels because that is what people are consuming. Mm-hmm. And they're just not – everything moves very slowly in the government. People say that, and it's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping for next year. I'm really hoping to push for that because I think – We have we have to remain relevant. That's the one thing with libraries is we're constantly fighting to remain relevant. We've been doing that from the get go, Mm -hmm. Um, and we managed to persevere and do that during the pandemic. Um, But it's just continually have to do that. So that's the route to go. Um, Offering you know even like a program, what we would consider a program. You know one of the programs we offer is we do drop in e media help. Essentially, we have people come in with their devices and we help them navigate our online resources. Like I could do a tutorial post that isn't real you know what i mean yeah 100 percent easy um and we have a hard time getting people that are in that like early millennial late gen z age range um and again like that's a way to get those people Mm -hmm. um so especially my library it's um right by senior center like senior living um so we just get a lot of seniors which are i love them they're great Mm -hmm. you know
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Forgot to ask two other questions and it was related to your degree in particular. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned on, um, the survey too, that like you'd be interested in mentioning like whether or not this degree is worth it and Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. like what people should consider when they're thinking about this as a career path. Yeah. Um, I think that, so for the first one, you mentioned that like you should work in a library first. Is there anything else that's like Oh, I wish I knew this back then.
1: Yeah. Well, so, yeah, when I was doing my degree and then I would have, you know, you have when you do online classes, you have discussion boards, which I agrees not want to agree the worst. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like, it was wow, such an interesting. Yeah, say that. <laughs> yeah. Just like,
0: wow, I never really thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Just copy and paste it every single yeah. comment. Um But people would just, they just wouldn't understand. Like people think like, oh, libraries, you just sit around and read all day. Or like, it's so, it's so relaxing. That can't be a difficult job, you know. Mm -hmm. But it it is. I mean, it's a public facing job. So you get, you know, you have issues with patrons. Um, It's also, libraries are a place that are open for your entire community. Like there's, anyone can go there. Um, And there are times where um, people that are experiencing homelessness we'll use that as a place to to be and exist for free because you can. Um, but that can, you know, people that are experiencing homelessness may be dealing with mental health issues, may be dealing with um, addiction issues, and that can cause, you know, disruptions or issues with other patrons and things like that we have to navigate and we have to deal with. We have to be on the front lines and, like, intervening. Mm-hmm. And it can be kind of scary. Um, and we don't have the resources, at least in my library system, we don't have you know, like a human services person there or, you know, to help like, hey, here are these resources. Here's how I can help you, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's difficult. Um, there are definitely downsides. Um, the other thing too, like I was saying about how we're on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the government, like or the city. Um, you know, I think like parks and recreation and then libraries at <laughs> the very bottom. <laughs> so we our funding isn't great. We're constantly fighting for more money. Uh, And we're constantly fighting to tell the upper management, city management, that we are relevant and people need us and they like us and they want us around. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like that, like there's, it's not all sunshine. Um, The other thing too is it's really expensive. Uh, Getting a master's degree. I mean, getting any degree is expensive nowadays, Mm -hmm. but especially having a field that requires it that is super underpaid. Like you don't go into this field knowing that you're going to make money Mm -hmm. and you're going to be well off, you know? You're going to be probably paycheck to paycheck, maybe a little more comfortable than that, depending if you have more than one income in your household, but it's a barrier. So if you can find a way to get some sort of scholarship, which there are plenty out there, um, or cheaper tuition, Mm -hmm. um, doing that research. And what else was your question? <laughs>
0: oh, um, I mean, this is probably like a, a hard-hitting question, but is it was it worth it?
1: Was it worth it? Yeah. Um, I would say yes and no. I would say I probably learned more on the job than I did mm-hmm. in school. But I'm really grateful for what I did learn in school, and I and like I said, it it opened up my eyes to a different avenue in this field because like this field is like libraries museums archives they're all kind of interconnected like i could go work in a museum with my degree i could work in an archive with my degree or a library Mm -hmm. um so it opened up my eyes to that but it is expensive if you really love the work and this is like your passion and you want to do this then yeah i'd say it's worth it um but just do the research to try and find like the least expensive
0: gotcha yeah okay sweet Mm -hmm. i have questions about like the sorts of challenges um, mm-hmm. that you face, either as a librarian or as like the the field as a whole, like mm-hmm. you quickly mentioned um, that you're, you know, kind of fighting to stay relevant.
1: Yeah, so I think I touched a little bit on like personally as far as funding, getting money, being considered relevant by just the city that you even are in. Mm-hmm. Super satisfying can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so there's that, um, which can be really, really infuriating. Um, I know there are some, like, the city I work for is very conservative. So there are some cities that are more progressive, like Phoenix, that actually allocates more money to libraries and cares more about them. But, yeah, so a big thing right now, if um, so you're online, I'm sure you've seen things about book banning and book challenges. If mm-hmm. You haven't. No? Okay. Maybe that's the corner of the internet that I frequent. Um, it's really bad right now. So um, the American Library Association, that's, like, I don't know how to, like, phrase them, but they're, like, the big organization for libraries in America, right? American Library Association. (laughs) Um, So they, since I want to say the 90s, um, had been tracking book challenges and book bans. And what those are typically – so a challenge is – and it typically happens in, like, school libraries. So a parent is like, hey, there's this book on the shelf at your library that my kid checked out, and I don't agree with it, and I think it's wrong. And it shouldn't be on your shelf. Book banning is when they take the book off the shelf. And mm-hmm. Then it's banned. It's no longer allowed on the shelf at that school or that library. Um, and it is typically parents that are concerned about their kids. Um, that's the thing. But now, and it's happened, you know, I think my library system, we've had like one or two per year. Um, but we've never taken anything off our shelves. And luckily, we haven't been hit like other libraries have been in the country recently. Um but it's become a big political thing. Um, it's ridiculous, <laughs> um, to be completely honest. But um, I want to find the statistics. So, uh, in twenty twenty one, there were seven hundred twenty nine attempts to censor library resources, which was the highest number of attempted book bans since they started tracking it.
0: In in Arizona, or just
1: across in the, the country? country?
0: Okay,
1: across the country. Um, So it's been really, really bad. Um, Libraries have been defunded. So a lot of times, like, these people will go to the library boards or the school boards, if it's a school library, and demand that things get removed, and they'll have to cave in and do it, or they will get rid of their funding. Um, A lot of the times, they are books that are about LGBTQ stories, Um, and, uh, people of color, you know, um, diverse books is what it is. Um, and they'll say that this book that's about an LGBTQ character, uh, discovering that they're queer is porn and that librarians that have these books on the shelves are pedophiles and groomers. Like it's really scary. (laughs) It's really, it's truly, really scary. Um, and there's a bill currently working its way through Alabama that would criminalize keeping challenge banned books on the shelves. So if a librarian or a library said, no, we're going to keep these books, then they could go to jail. <laughs> it's, it's insane. So that's the biggest thing right now that are facing libraries. Luckily, like I said, it hasn't impacted me directly, but it really makes me worry about the future of just libraries in this country and um, this field. But it's not all bad. So um, um there are um so Brooklyn Public Library in New York, so that's a great library system. They get great funding. Um they started their books unbanned project, and that offers free e-library uh cards to applicants age 13 to 21, um, where if they're experiencing book access issues, so they can get books. Through the Brooklyn Public Library, even if they live in Florida, very or cool, Alabama, yeah. And then there are a bunch of lawsuits also happening right now, where people are filing lawsuits against you know the cities and the states for their efforts to censor and ban books.
0: Okay, sounds rough.
1: Yeah, it is. It's really rough. It's really scary. <laughs> um, um, but there are um, there are some places that people are interested in learning more about it. So obviously, you know, the American Library Association website. Um, bandbooksweek.org so every august um, there's a band books week Um, and that's where we just talk about you know the challenges and it's all sorts of books i mean like to kill a mockingbird is a book that had been challenged um catcher in the rye great gatsby i mean there's classics yeah and then there's more modern Mm -hmm. books that also Uh, are challenged yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
0: it's funny that I like, I'm surprised, but I'm also not, I yeah. think that's kind of s- sad.
1: It's the, it's the political climate that we're in. Um, it's the same people that, and I don't want to be divisive and say like, Oh, they, them versus, you know, whatever. But, um, another good website is unite against org, Um, and they, I recommend, you know, if you have the means you can donate, uh, to them, uh, you can buy their merch as a way to donate to them. Um, cause they're really helping, in my opinion, I think that we should have books that are for everybody on our shelves for our community because our community is diverse. We're going to have people that have different life experiences that are dealing, you know, with different things. So, I'm totally fine if we have a super, you know, Trump book on our shelves. And we do, and people check them out and I help them with a smile and I put them on hold for them and it's what it is. It's the books I want to read. Um, so there's a librarian named Joe Godwin and she said a truly great library contains something in it to offend everyone. And I think that's so true. Like, truly. I love that. Yeah. There are so many books on the shelves in my library that I don't agree with, but I'm not going to get rid of them for that reason. You mm-hmm. know, it is what it is. It's what people want to read. Then they can read it.
0: That's a that's <sighs> interesting commentary on the idea of free speech. Mm-hmm. And even more interesting when you consider, let's say, a more conservative grouping. like, yeah, free speech, let's do it. But yeah. when it comes to something they don't agree with, it's like, yeah. no, nah, ban. Exactly. Straight to jail.
1: Yeah. Well, and uh, book burnings too. I mean, that has been happening too. People have been burning books. It's like, when in history are we right now? You yeah. know. But yeah. So, um, how can people advocate for libraries? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So the easiest thing that you can do is you can get a library card and check out books. You checking out books gives us circulation numbers, and that is what those numbers are. What we use to justify our funding. So we tell the city, hey, these amount of cards, this amount of checkouts, please give us more money for next year. So that's the biggest thing you can do. And it can be a physical library card. A lot of library systems have what they call an e-card. So you sign up for it and you can have access to their digital books, which we have tons of that. We have e-books. We have audiobooks. books. Um, you don't have to pay for Audible anymore. Just get a library card. Ooh. Like truly, it's great. Um And the other thing you can do is fill out a comment card. So a lot of libraries have comment cards either inside their library or on their website and just say, hey, I love my library and I think libraries should stick around. Um, So that's an easier thing to do. Um, A little more difficult, but you could reach out to local representatives. So the city council um, and the library board, those are like the most direct um, for your public libraries. Those are going to be like the most impactful and let them know that you support libraries. Um, And like I said earlier, donating money if you have the means, um, Mm -hmm. would be beneficial, but truly the easiest thing you can do is get a library card, which you're going (laughs) to (laughs) do. So
0: so my, I mean, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, Oh shit, she's gonna, she's gonna be like, do you have a library card? Do you like,
1: (laughs) yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, uh, so I'm actually, I mean, I haven't looked into it honestly. Um, and I don't even know where the closest library is for me here, but I'm sure that's a, Quick Google search away.
1: Truly is, and I'm more than happy to help okay. you.
0: You know, let's let's check us out right now.
1: Remember. I'm gonna guess a Phoenix Public Library is probably your closest system. Um, but I couldn't tell you the branch. But the you can get
0: yeah, here we go.
1: You can get a card with them online. Oh Juniper. Juniper. That's pretty close. Yeah. They have so many branches in Phoenix, that's crazy. We have
0: That's really close actually.
1: Nice. You can maybe even walk there.
0: Uh not that close. Ah.
1: <laughs> Bike I there. I mean, <laughs> I
0: suppose no. No. It's like a mile issue a mile and a half okay so yeah i guess walk yeah
1: if you feel like it maybe not when it's I the summer i have to cross the freeway I don't, I don't do that. scary yeah don't do that just drive <laughs> um let's see Sorry, i'm
0: looking at the map
1: oh no worries okay well i'll talk about i was kind of talking about what libraries have right so a lot of people don't realize that we have ebooks oh did you have something.
0: No, I I've, I've definitely passed by this corner before. Too. <laughs> I didn't know that it was there. Yeah. Sweet.
1: Yeah, get a card. It is it changes your world. It literally can open up to so many different things. So my library in particular, we got video games last year, so you can check out a video game on Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. It kind of reminds me of back in like the Blockbuster days. Mm-hmm. You go and you check out the video game for your like Nintendo Wii yeah. <laughs> or your PlayStation 2. And you would play it for however many days and then you'd have to turn it in. But like you were able to test it out and be like, oh, yeah, hey, I want to add this to my Christmas list or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So that's super cool. Um, and board games, we also started doing that, board games and card games. So you can check out a board game before deciding to buy it. Or if you're just like, hey, I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm going to check out Wingspan. Yeah. Um we have the ebooks, e audiobooks. We have something called culture passes, and that's something that's at a lot of the value Libraries. So you can get free passes to like the Phoenix Art Museum, Desert Botanical Garden, Heard Museum, which is awesome. I do it all the time. I love the Phoenix Art Museum. That's sweet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we have, you know, classes and programs, we have um, internet and computer access super important a lot of people don't have that Mm -hmm. Um, we have also a seed library so you can check out seed packets you don't have to return them but you can plant a garden for free Um, and it's also just a quiet place to study learn and exist for free which is I don't know where else you can do that yeah
0: that's actually something I've been thinking about I think I had this thought like yesterday or the the day before because Mm -hmm. I think being in a sort of social um, setting and doing things like even editing the podcast, like I'm more inclined to do that versus if I do here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, well, i can just do this later. I have, I'll do something else that's like around here. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like in that specific space, like a coffee shop, um, then I'm doing it. But like at night, I'm not going to be drinking coffee. right? So what other space can I do that in? A public library. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and a lot of
1: libraries have um, study rooms you can reserve. You can have your whole room just to you. Um, Or you can use any of their tables Mm -hmm. That kind of thing But yeah, so libraries are not just books It's not what we offer anymore And that goes into like having to adapt So we've had to adapt And we're going to continue to adapt Which is why we started doing all the electronic books Which really took off um, during COVID Mm -hmm. Because people weren't able to Or didn't want to visit the library in person um, and I think that libraries will always adopt and always persevere, even with all this like challenging and stuff, uh, we have, and I know we continue, we'll continue to because mm-hmm. libraries are important and people, I think deep down, I mean, I'll even have, I'll have a patron who is checking out a book about how, you know, the Trump administration, how the election was stolen or whatever. And then they'll also say, I, you know, thank you so much for what you do, mm-hmm. what you do here. And it's always so hard for me I'm just like, <laughs> do you not like realize that like the party that you are standing with would defund us and get rid of us in like a heartbeat? And mm-hmm. do you not realize that if libraries didn't exist, if it were pitched today, that your party would say no? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like that would be such a crazy concept to say, hey, we want to create these, you know spaces that are funded by you know taxes and are free people can just go there and get stuff for free socialism Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah um so so yeah despite all the scary stuff like i truly do i know that libraries will still be here